Osiris. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Yes. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Lost Highway Podcast, the podcast of all things Cosmic Country. My name is Daniel Donato. <sighs> We're back. We're cruising, y'all. The speed limit on this highway is a little bit different than all the others. Uh, I want to share with you guys something and gals and everyone in between, something that has been so inspiring to me. Um, I was unplugging, quote unquote, last week in Gatlinburg to try to write some songs and just get my mind straight, but yet Instagram was calling because I'm a human and my serotonin system is now wired to um, help sell ads for Nike because that's how um, things are in a certain way, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. That might be a little pessimistic, but this is a, an insanely, wildly beautiful and well-realized quote from Mr. Robert Hunter. Um, here we go. A song cannot emerge in any time but its own. The time it helps create. A tune contains its unique place in eternity, just as a specific time contains the tune. Allowing the past to sketch the outlines of the future, it can take a lifetime to grasp that, or an instant, whichever is longer. I'll repeat it one more time. A song cannot emerge in any time but its own. The time it helps create, Jesus. A tune contains its unique place in eternity, just as a specific time contains the tune. Allowing the past to sketch the outlines of the future, it can take a lifetime to grasp that, or an instant, whichever is longer. That is uh, all the all the uh, fuel you would ever need as to never rush something and to never use a moment as a means to an end. Because just as life is similar to music, if a moment was to be used as a means to an end, then the best songs that we would ever hear would be the fastest and shortest songs. And the best symphonies that would ever be played that would stand the test of 500 plus years would be the shortest and most rushed ones. And that simply is not the case. So each beat of life leads up to the next one and has a perfectly justified context um, in the macro scheme of what the universe is doing, unveiling, and discovering itself through your conscious experience. A, a song cannot emerge at any time but its own, the time it helps create. When a song is happening, it is creating time, it is organizing time, it is organizing consciousness, it's projecting archetypal symbols, um, images in mind, all, all the thoughts you uh, leave behind. Uh, not to quote Tom Marshall and Trey Anastasia, but it's happening right now. Um, this quote is insane. I found it on Instagram. Please go and go check it out. Before we get on to our guest today, um, I want to bring to you our, our first advertisement. And this is brought to you by BetterHelp. This is a fantastic service. Is, is something preventing you from perhaps achieving your goals, things that are interfering with your happiness? Uh, whether it be external variables, internal variables, well, check out betterhelp.com slash lost highway. They will assess your needs. What do you need? Who do you need to talk to? And they're going to connect you with a professional therapist, private online. You'll start talking under 48 hours. And it's professional counseling. You got uh, grief. You got self-esteem. You got anger. You got family conflicts. You got depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, LGBT matters. Are you not famous enough on TikTok, right? 
what all kinds of problems can be getting to you in your life. Anything you share is, is confidential. It's convenient, it's professional, and most importantly, it is affordable. Um, again, go check out betterhelp.com slash lost highway. I want you to have a cosmic, positive, patient, persistent existence. You'll get 10% off by using the code lost highway. This podcast is brought to you by Osiris Media, the official home of the Lost Highway podcast. And we are staying hydrated here today with our friends over at Topo Chico. A song cannot emerge in any time but its own. The time it helps create a tune contains its unique place in eternity, just as a specific time contains the tune, allowing the past to sketch the outlines of the future. It can take a lifetime to grasp that or an instant, whichever is longer. And the sky was yellow and the sun was blue. I'll see y'all down later. My next guest today is none other than Michael Palmhasanho, Guitar Gate himself, the man. He's not the, he's not quite a myth because he's so prolific in his posting, uh, but he is indeed a legend. And I actually wasn't so familiar with the tenure of of Michael's success and legend um, in terms of the online domain of musical instruction, but he truly is. Uh, in Pareto's curve within the top 10% in producing for the 90%. Uh, a truly successful and realized individual with an immensely inspiring story. Uh, his outlook on life is is wildly positive, but yet also rational. Uh, his ear is second to none, as you guys can go and witness on his, on his YouTube channel. Uh, his playing is absolutely tasteful. And uh, his taste as well, what he chooses and why he decides to review and react to certain musicians uh, intrigues me and inspires me. And uh, I can't wait till we get a Cosmic Country reaction video out of Michael one day. But it was a privilege to sit down with him and talk to him about having a career in music, being a father, creating content, running a business, staying inspired, all these all these um, sober life realities that we must tend to and, and uh, persist and uh, prevail through, and which Michael does so well. I cannot wait to share this conversation with y'all. The one and only Michael Palmasani, y'all, Guitar Gate. Man, I'm such a big fan. What's the deal with that SpaceX shirt? Um, so uh, my kids and myself are super into everything space and rockets and everything. Right. When we were in the height of when we were when we were in the height of the pandemic last year, all the schools in Maryland were closed, um, and it was 100% virtual. And half of my family and half of Annie's family live in Florida, and so we went to Florida for the entire month of November, and we're fortunate to see um, the first SpaceX shuttle launches um, from from the beach, and we got video of it and. And uh, so we all got T-shirts and it was just a it was just a total thing. And I try to you know, express to my boys because you know, they're young. My oldest is 10. And so they don't really grasp you know, the enormity of what it means uh, for infinity to actually be a real thing. And what that really means in terms of space and time and, and, and our short lifespan. And so I like exposing them to things that are too large for them to even comprehend and explain to them how fortunate we are uh, to be alive in the time of, you know, your Elon Musk's and all these different things that are happening. Um, because just like, you know, the, the, the moon race, like in the 60s and watching the first steps on the moon, you know, watching in their lifetime, watching that happen to Mars and the it, and all the other different things that are happening. It's just a really, really big deal. And I feel like it's a really healthy thing to 
showcase as a parent to your children because they're just inundated with all of these surface level, you know, there's no depth to any of the conversations we hear on the news and everything else. And everything is this, is this really, it's just granular, just nonsense. And I want to, I want to let them know that like, there's this whole thing that we know nothing about, you know, and let's think big, dive deep, you know, and, and, and they love it and I love it. And so that's, that's why I'm wearing this shirt. That is, uh, absolutely. I mean, you got to leave that for a Amazon review on a SpaceX t-shirt. That'll probably get five stars. I should, I should, I got to send this to Elon. I'm still waiting for my Starlink internet at the barn, you know? Whoa. So I was wondering, um, at the barns, cause the barn has been, the barn to me is a great symbol of the fact that you went on a win. You started the YouTube channel, you created just stellar content and you stayed true to it and now you've you've created enough funds and enough um attention on your channel to be able to go and outsource a, a separate studio location that's amazing it you know it really really is i um you know you know a little bit of my story but i'll do some really really quick broad strokes for anybody that might not know who i am um and so i i've been in online education since 2013 but before that i taught tons fell in love with education, um, but also gigged a great deal locally. Uh, originally, I went to GIT and wanted to be, you know, a hired gun and, and a studio musician and uh, perform live. And that didn't work out. Um, and I just once I got into education, I kind of just like never gave up. I loved it. I loved the internet. And then the YouTube thing started to happen. And I say all that to say it's like now it's kind of come full circle where the internet and online education, which was not my primary plan, has gotten me um, relationships with people like you and these big bands who now, when they come through town, are kind of inviting me to sit in with them, like what just happened with Umbreed. And so now I decided that I'm going to make a private venue for when bands come through town. So like when you come through town, if you can peel off a day or a half day, I'll have a band with production ready to go and it'd be private invite only. This isn't something where you sell tickets, or whatever, but it'll be just for the internet, for the channel in a way to continue to let the digital bridge the gap, you know, between the physical. And so it's like this, by this crazy string of events in this decade or so, I finally found myself kind of back on stage and making relationships with these you know, musicians like you who are treating me with a, a respect as if I was a touring musician, but it's because of education and it's the internet and the barn is like my way of, of being like, you know, when you come through town, stop by, you know, and I'll, I'll promote everything to the moon. I just want to be in this. I just want to make music. Um, and I want it to be just the most fun place anybody goes to play. I want it to be like an NPR tiny desk or uh, like a live at Daryl's house kind of vibe. But for us, for the internet, for our community, totally organic, free, about the music, that's what I want. Yeah, and you will achieve that because you know you have all the means and the, the technical uh, technicality streamlined, probably I'm assuming, you know, just how prolific your content is, how often you're going about it. Sure, you'll run into some errors, right? But it's like, absolutely you'll be able to curate that and find great success there. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think like, 
he went and sat in with Humphreys McGee. It's like, to me, that's so, like, the internet now <clears throat> is more of a real reality than reality is, you know? And you can get into the politics of that and, and how that's proving to be a negative thing. Like, you're talking about how your kids are being exposed to content on the news and, and content on social media that's probably politically driven that uh, makes the internet more of a real place than the, than the analog reality that we live in. Um, but the thing that's so funny, man, is that there really aren't many guitar acts that have a quarter million people following them on YouTube. Humphreys doesn't, you know, fish doesn't like fish doesn't. That's crazy. Goose. No. And it's like, so there's like, I don't, I don't know how to think about it aside. It's not power. It's obviously not power, but it's like the asset of attention is leaning towards a vertical that is that is you right so your vertical being guitar education and and then the various means of content that come through that reaction videos lessons things like that and then you know how you get 20 percent of people i'm assuming at least to an offline platform where you can monetize in that way and bring them packages of that kind but you know have a quarter million people on youtube be following you you might even have more probably by now um or like rick beato you know it's like We'll have 300 by the next week or two. That's um, insane, dude. Like, yeah, that's yeah. What- well, yeah, and we're actually giving we're actually giving away this green PRS for 300 and having our first barn concert live um, for it. And yeah, like Rick, Rick is unbelievable. And and I'm I'm so blessed to be able to call him a friend and a mentor. It is, uh, and I know that you found this, um, but those of us who are on the internet. Um, and have chosen to be on the internet, uh, really, really support each other. And we talk a lot and we know that we're not competition. We really feel like we really feel like we are uh, still at the very beginning and very much still figuring it all out. And, and a rising tide brings all ships up, man. Mm, right. Yeah, man. And then yeah. you know, it's funny. It's cause like, that's a very, it's a very mature way to go about things. And it's funny. You hear about that, like, um, Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, he talks about, there's a certain investment, um, strategy in which where say somebody were to receive, if I were to pay somebody a dollar and you pay somebody a dollar, they receive $4, uh, because the, the, the machine that makes the currency will match what you give. So it's kind of the same concept that you guys are adapting as well where 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 more is more and it's not that classic capitalist uh get out of my way this is all my land and you can have none kind of a thing um that's a very interesting thing and and the thing that i find to be very cool is that you guys are all grown smart wise men who have had years of a career and have had you know their ass handed to them several several times but you've had this work ethic and a love for music that's allowed you to buy and hold um your love for music and now years into it it's paying off for you guys and i think that's such a beautiful yep. thing where it's like it's not like tiktok where it's like a guy who might be around my age or a little bit younger who hasn't had as, as much of a career much wisdom under their belt to where they're given all this attention it's like you tom bukovac rick you guys you've been waiting for this and so you really know like what to do and you know to not be an ass and like you you make content and you share ideas that are worth sharing and it's like it's really a brilliant thing to see people like that get attention and and the question that i have for you is um what 
what what do you think it was that allowed you to start curating attention with the algorithm, the getting on the good side of that at such a fast pace? I'm sure the the, the pandemic had a lot to do with that because engagement numbers were up 30% over across all platforms. Um, but what do you think it was? So here's the thing, man. I had posted mm. hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos prior to any of them getting traction from 2013 to 2019 i had developed 20,000 subscribers and basically had only one video that ever got recommended on youtube and it was a very slow long climb so virtually no success on youtube mm -hmm. for from 2013 to 2019 um and I had success elsewhere. Um, I had sold tons of courses and um, and was already supporting my family and had already, you know, quit gigging and teaching in person by the time the YouTube thing happened. But the truth of the matter is that I was trying to do what other people did, but better. I was trying to be do a my version of a Marty Schwartz or my version of a Tim Pierce or my version of whatever. And it just didn't work because at the end of the day, I wasn't doubling and tripling down on who the hell I am in a room. If you're my student and you come into my room, you know, I'm trying to be successful based on what I've seen work for other people. And what you'll find is that if you talk to Rick or Marty or Tim or anybody, they all found success. Same thing as like if you're on a record or whatever, they found success when they uh, went all in on themselves and basically didn't do what other people do. They did what they think they should do because here's the real truth, man. The real truth is that you're already you. You're already a brand. You're already an educator. You're already a player. The reason people like you in real person, the real time, like in real life, the reason you have a small or medium or large network of close personal friends, that's because it's already who you are. So if you're already one of those people that is liked and respected and trusted and has a large network, there's no reason for you to try to change that just if you go online. You want to triple down on that. Okay. So here's what happened. And I think I talked to you about this when, when you were on my channel. I think so. Is that I actually got burnt out of the online education thing around 2019. And I don't know if you've ever in experienced this, but I'm assuming you have, where I've had periods in my life where I put the guitar down and had to come back and fall in love with it, mm. right? I've, I've had periods where I've had to walk away and come back to be sure that I couldn't live without it. Not that I, not that I wanted it, not that I, it was an ego thing, but that I couldn't not have it in my life, right? That it was a part of me. And so I put it down for like three or four months or more in 2019 because I was burnout. And I was successful. I, I didn't have a problem paying bills because I already had a dozen courses. I already had thousands and thousands of students. But it was just like, I can't keep bashing my head against the wall on YouTube and have it not working and even though I'm supporting a family and all that, I'm definitely not getting the response that a lot of my peers are getting, you know, from the community, the, the respect from the music world. I'm not feeling like I'm growing as an artist, all those things, you know, and, and 
and none of us do it for the money anyway. So I put it down and then I, somebody uh, told my wife that, you know, we should go to a Dead & Company show and see John Mayer play with the Dead & Company. And I hadn't played guitar in like three or four months. And I, I was like, you know, I've seen Mayer before. I mean, he's great and all that. And I'd never really been into the Dead before. Um, it never really found me yet. Obviously, I was aware of Garcia and the whole thing. But I was very intrigued because I, I, coming from someone who has gigged a lot and worked a lot and, you know, done a bunch of things in my own little lane, I was so curious as why someone who's worked so hard their whole life to be at the very top of their career, right, who they have a crew of 50 or 60 people and 10 tractor trailers going from town to town. They hire all their musicians. You know, they're selling out arenas on their name. Why someone like that would take 20, 30 dates off a summer tour to be a hired gun playing covers and have your whole crew and your whole band just be put on the shelf? Like, who does that? Right. And so I was like, it has to. I was like, it has to, and take a massive pay cut doing it. I was like, it has to be about the music. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm going. And so we went and it's just an interesting thing. I mean, you know this because you've been into the dead and you've talked to many other people. Everybody knows the day and the time or whatever when it found them when they needed it. Yeah. And it happened to me that day, 2019, because I saw John and I was like, I, he sounded different. He looked happier than he'd ever been playing before. And there was just something in the air. And again, I think I remember telling you this before, but my wife looked over to me and she goes, you ever seen any, so many people so happy together in one place before? No. And I looked, and I looked around and I was like, no, I've never been around 30,000 people before where everybody's with this environment. I was like, there is something to this. And of course, it struck us both at the same time, and we just kept listening to it uh, and falling in love with it. Um, and for me, aside from the music, the big thing was Robert Hunter. I am a story guy, you know, through and through, through and through. I think one of the main reasons the jam bands, you know, uh, you know, kind of have this, the, the negative connotation to some people that they do is because, you know, they're incredible musicians, but very few bands actually have the songs that non-musicians can sing in their head on, get stuck in their head on the way home, right? And the stories. And once I started diving in to the dead, it was, I felt like more than anything else, it was Robert Hunter that spoke to me, you know? And I, I, I dug it. And so I say all that to say, when I started learning the songs, I said, you know what? I'm gonna do what I did thousand times when a student would bring a song in and I would learn it and you only have 30 minutes, you know, you're not going to get it right. You're going to get the broad strokes. You're going to give the student pretty much what the key takeaways are, what to point out, what to listen to and send them on their way. So, you so that's what I did. A song within, <clears throat> within a, a particular set of, of a time frame. So I have 30 minutes to learn a song, right? And, and so what's your process for that? Well, so, and so that's what this React series is. I and, see. And so what I did is, I think the first video I did was They Love Each Other. Mm -hmm. um, and I just 
leaned over to the side. I turned the camera on, you know, gave myself however much, how long it took, 20 or 30 minutes. Obviously, didn't get it all right, but got the broad strokes. I've been teaching long enough to be very comfortable on camera and to be a, you know, a composed teacher and very confident in what I'm saying. Hmm. And I went to put it up on YouTube, unedited, right? And I didn't know what to call it. And I wasn't going to call it a lesson because it's like, it's not like I've already learned it. Like you're watching me learn it. Do you but, edit now or do, or do you just let it fly still? Okay. Yeah. You get, what you get what you get. If you're not doing it live, you're not doing it. Right. Um, and uh, because my goal isn't to put out perfection. My goal is just like this, is to continue to get better over the course of my life, you know? Sure. And so just, just like you got to get on stage, there's something about getting on stage versus the studio or something else where you get what you get. And you only get really, really fine-tuned with that if you do it over and over again a lot and have issues and, and muscle through them and share them with the world anyway. So I'm interested in how good I'm going to be 30 years from now, not how good this video comes out tomorrow is. That's my whole thing. And that's, and that's what I preach, right? And so, and so I, I just called it reacts because the only, the closest thing that I could find on YouTube um, that was similar were these vocal coaches reacting to singers. Right. And I was like, you know what? No one does it with an instrument. And so I just, Posted, call the first one guitar teacher reacts and it just popped. It popped. And, and, and because it was the first time I had genuinely and authentically done something because I wanted to do it because it meant something to me. And I was genuinely and authentically me exactly as I am in a room was not even remotely trying to do what another YouTuber or anybody else had done. Um, and, you know, most YouTube videos they're successful are like, you know, six or seven minutes. They're heavily edited. They're incredibly, the, 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 the audio in the video is perfect. Yeah. You know, there's graphics on the screen. And I was like, no, that's, that's not me. That's not what I am. No, what I am is this guy. And that's, that's like my slogan on the site is I'm just trying to keep it in my hands, work hard, get a little bit better every day because this is what I've chosen to do with my life. And, huh. and you get what you get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's like, well, and who you are is who other people are too. And it's like, because you're there. Exactly, right? Because what you're doing is transparently and thoughtfully, because you spent a lot of time with it. And this is how, at least I'm taking it. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're, you have a certain value structure that guides and dictates the way that you go about doing things. And you're able to, and that taught that, bleeds into how you don't edit that bleeds into the music that you like and it bleeds into how you go about learning the music you like and it bleeds into the frequency in which you're 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 posting and then yeah. that course is going to resonate with people that are tuned into the same vibrational tv channel quote unquote that you're on and it makes sense that the michael palmasano network is getting skyrocketing numbers because you're so you're vertical you're, you're communicating it so well you're doing it so sincerely well and it's like, and it was always in there. And that's the funny thing is that it was always in there and something occurred to you. And I guess it was inspiration moved me brightly that, that did that, it, it, that gave you the notion to just, ah, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> right. That's always, that's always been my thing. And that, that is kind of the point I was trying to make before. If anybody out there is listening 
that wants to get into the online game, whether it's you're an individual or a band or you're a chef or whatever the hell it is, like the all you're doing is scaling yourself. Don't recreate yourself. Don't change yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you got to get your shit together, that's a different story. But like, but like you already are. Like the reason people like you, the reason people trust you and call you, or the reason they don't, is because because you already are who the hell you are. And and the internet is just an amplifier of of what's inside you already. You are, I'm 37 years old, man. I have been this exact same dude since I was 10. You know what I mean? And I've fine-tuned it and I've become a, you know, put in the work and all those things. But that I feel like that is the misconception of people who want to be an influencer or want to be whatever. And I was guilty of it for many, many years is that at the end of the day, people like you because they connect with you. A, a C chord is a C chord. You know, that this, this PRS is insignificant. The fender's insignificant. It's all insignificant. They want to see you as they see themselves and bond with you. Um, and that is true, whether it's music, whether it's fitness, whether it's art, whether it's cooking, whether it's a travel channel, it doesn't matter. It all comes down to you. Mm-hmm. And so just triple down, burn the boats, cross the river, mm-hmm. be, be all you. And as my good friend Tim Pierce will say, that that vertical, as you put it, is going to be different for everyone because we're all different. And, and we end up with the audience we're supposed to have. Mm, yeah, right. Oh, that's, br- that's brilliant. That's very Seth Godin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Tim, Tim is the man. He's, he's, he's my spirit animal. I got to talk to Tim. I'd like to, I'm a big fan of Tim. And okay. I, I, I'd, I've never really sat down and spoken with him. I've only just consumed his content. I'll connect you. I would love that. Would be a huge privilege. I would love that. Now, a question I have, you know, this is it's very interesting, particularly being a guitar player. And sure. now getting into the jam band scene, I just went and saw Fish for the first time this weekend, and Where? It, it it was fucking crazy. So I saw them in um, Pelham, Alabama, and then uh, saw them two nights in Alpharetta. Okay, go on. And it's um, I mean, you know, musically. It's, I'm still processing what it was. I'm going to see him for the next two nights here in Nashville too. But everyone pretty much picks a little guitar in that audience. Like everyone kind of picks a little. And, you know, walking through the lot, a lot of people are recognizing me and they're like, what'd you think about that? Um, what'd you think about that tweezer? You know, which is famous fishing. And it's like, and so the thing that I'm arriving at here is what you do is you do guitar instruction, you do guitar reactions, but you don't necessarily have songs that people come and see they're like but goose does right or umphreys does yet they don't have the same youtube following that they have do you project since you're saying this is in the this is this is just the beginning do you project that there will be uh say an artist that that can do reaction videos that can do um guitar lessons but still also can do three thousand five thousand tickets at a at a at a 
at a theater somewhere because of their original songs, because it actually seems like it's like you're kind of one or the other. And I wonder if that's not because of the ability of the of the producers, but it's because of of just how people can only take so much of your capability. You know well, what I mean? Well, here's the thing, man. Um, so I'm going to try to break that mold. Uh, I, I, you'll appreciate this. And I'll, I'll answer your question in a long, hopefully not too long-winded no, way. No, podcast go long. <laughs> it's what it's about. But as a guitar player, we are lifelong procrastinators, you know, at artists. You know what I mean? We, we need as much motivation as inspiration as we try to give off to others. And when, I was a when I was a teacher in person, one of the main reasons I did that, even though I could, you know, whatever, and whether all the students that didn't practice and everything else like that, it's because I knew it would keep the guitar in my hands eight hours a day, right? I knew that I would continue to improve, right? And so that's all I, I viewed about. When I went online and started building the community, I started feeling the currents push back again, where there's now this accountability, where if I have thousands and thousands of people learning from me, um, et cetera, that I have to continue to get better. And I have to practice what I preach. And so now it's coming to the point where it's like, okay, I'm starting to form relationships with artists like yourselves and bands. And I know that we're going to be playing together and uh, coming to the barn and making music. I feel like I really, really have to like not answer all my emails every day, but do three hours of metronome practice. Like I need to get to work because this is starting to escalate, right? You metronome practice still? Not to cut you off. Yeah, every morning I um I do physical workouts. I either ride the Peloton, run, or I, I play squash. Um, and then I do uh, at least an hour of straight exercises and metronome practice. So basically I start every day with the burn and exhaust myself. Then uh, physically and whatever. And then um, then I do all my emails and other stuff. And then I try to film in the afternoon when the muscles have kind of recovered and I feel like I can fly. Um, non-creative versus creative, really, actually. So it's like you start off by doing non-creative muscular work that grows neurons or, or it, it just keeps the patterns improving. And then in the afternoon, you exercise the mind, right? You take in, in, in creative-based ideas and, and expound on those, which makes sense when you're most creative is later in the day. Yeah. And it's a, it's, a very, um, it's a very practical thing to do for anybody out there that even isn't a musician. But, but the mind game is the game. And when you get into the habit, because we are creatures of habit, if you get into the habit of doing the hardest thing of your day, the first thing, you know, um, then everything else that you encounter, you've already proven to yourself that day that you can do more than you think you can. Mm -hmm. and, and humans need to reprove that to themselves frequently. Self-esteem and confidence is earned through proving to yourself that you can do something that you didn't think you could. It's that, also a cycle. It's a feedback cycle. It's the more you win, the more you win. That's it. And so, and so that's why I start with the physical um, because that's the hardest. And I know that as I continue to get older, I'm certainly not old, but I'm almost 40, that, that um, you know, 
my mind game is going to get sharper, but I'm going to have to work harder and harder to keep the chops up. Um, just true. So, um, so yes, I do that. Um, so anyway, to, so to circle back, I, I know that for me to make this a career that's going to span, you know, the next 20 years or so, I need to continue to get better and better and better and better. And I need to practice what I preach. And so one of those things that you're going to see me do is you're going to see me make original music in addition to my React stuff. You're going to see me play with other bands. And I'm going to try perhaps to put a band together and do local regional stuff um, and try to bridge that gap. Now, will it work? I don't know. Can it work for other people? Yeah, I think so. I think you know this. I think that generally speaking, generally speaking, people who are great players are usually not great teachers and vice versa. You know, it's not always the case. Yeah. And there are some serious outliers. I'm trying to be a serious outlier. Like I want, I want to play live. Like that is what I care about. Um, but I expect it to be, you know, a long road. But yes, I, I think that I think that every band or artist has it has now become clear because of the pandemic that they also need to be a media company and that they also need to like the internet has to be an absolute pillar of what they do. And yeah. and I think that that's why well, let me put it like this. Yeah. There are plenty of purists out there yeah. that totally poo-poo what I do in the internet. <laughs> That's crazy. That's and, so and 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 it's just true. And and and, I, and it's one part of me that doesn't blame them because they've never seen me play live. There's not really that much high quality footage of me playing live because most of my live playing days were prior to this, you know, and. And I'm playing private events, uh, so there's not being recorded. Um, and so they don't know if you're real or not because it's the internet. And there's so much fake playing on the internet or fake images if you're in modeling or whatever it is, you know. Um, no one knows if the, the delicious looking food that you see on these food channels isn't bland as shit. No one knows, right? It's the internet. Um, but there are the other bands, like Umphrey is a perfect example, who, who, as soon as we connected, completely got it mm. and, and, and trusted me enough just from our con conversing like this to know that I'm actually a real guitar player. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm actually, this isn't like some YouTube shtick where I got all these different effects on my cameras to make my fingers line up and all that crap that we all know who those people are on the internet who would really think like legitimately though like that's just so not a rational conclusion to come from watching your videos like that's almost um it's silly like it's not rational at all if you watch your any one of your videos let alone everyone that i watch <laughs> um you would know that you're clearly a very capable musician and you pass all the parameters like that's that's silly those people are full of shit well i know but it's just again it shows you how new it is so that's the thing that people i don't get like when i talk to people that are you know which is not old 
by the way, your age or older. They're like, the internet's so hard. And I understand that there's a lot of metrics to, to dive into, but the actual process of posting something, um, very, very simple. Like, and, and so, and again, so in the fact that you're saying it's a new thing, that's so encouraging for me to hear. And I think it should be encouraging for other people to hear. Like, let that be encouraging. It's not done. It's not dude, done. Dude, I can't express to you how, how it's still just the very, very beginning. There's not, even um, There's not even a Facebook metaverse. Like we're so at the beginning of this. Dude, it's, 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 it's so easy to think that you can't do it or you can't figure it out in any industry at any time frame. Right. But, but I can tell you, and I mean this with all sincerity, I wish I started now instead of in 2013. You couldn't use this. This wasn't a thing in 2013. You weren't taking 4K video on your phone and uploading it. You know, you were, you know, YouTube took, you know, hours to upload something. Facebook wasn't an ad product. Um, there was no, there was no metrics and no tracking. It was, the, it was, you had to build custom websites that cost a fortune. Right. Um, there were no best practices. Best practices only came about because people like us kept bashing their heads against the wall and did more of what worked and less of what didn't. And it slowly over time, along with the tech companies adapting to creators, uh, complaints and desires, Changed, we all changed together. Like this is the total fucking beginning. You're, no um, You're seeing social media companies allocate billions of dollars off yeah. creator funds. You know, Amazon, TikTok, Facebook, and Facebook's numerous apps. You know, it's like, you know, they weren't paying creators because it didn't make sense. There was no, there were, were, were a lot of product endorsements, especially at the scale that there is now. There was, there was none of that. It was like live streams where you can make money. Get the fuck out of here. You were posting photos of your dog on Instagram with a filter. That's what you were doing in 2013. It's like, you, you weren't even doing that in 2013. In 2013, Instagram was like a year old. Like, <laughs> you weren't, people weren't using the term, streaming uh, <laughs> uh and and uh, influencer even <laughs> three years ago right do you use facebook ads so i've i've stopped um for the most part so but, much interaction right well here's the thing um and, and and i have no problem saying this but i made uh i first found success with Facebook ads. I was an early adopter. Okay. So, um, very cheap. Before I had my website now and did the YouTube thing, I had my first course, which I put up on 2013 on Udemy. You familiar with Udemy? No. Well, if you go to udemy.com, Udemy is the world's largest course platform. And if you search guitar, I'm number two. I've sold over 100,000 courses on there. Right. And, and, that was primarily done with Facebook ads. That is staggering. It's ridiculous, man. It's like 180 some countries. It's out of control. You're selling uh, courses for $20. Like that's, or even more probably. Like that's a lot of money. Like I said, I um, had found a, a great deal of success and found a way to support my family and do everything else uh, prior to YouTube. Um, and that was mostly because. Uh, I, like I said, I crossed the river, burned the bridge, had kids, had to figure it out, didn't give up. Mm -hmm. Facebook became an ad platform 
I want to say in late 2014, something like that. And just like those people that got uh, early into Google ads in the late 90s or something like that, uh, it cost nothing. Reach was astronomical. Uh, Facebook had not uh, become this place now where you were bombarded with ads. It had incredibly high engagement. Everybody felt like they had to be on it. It was still substantially more influential than Instagram. Um, and from 2014 or so to 2018, um, yeah, I sold way over 100,000 courses to people in 180, 85 countries around the world uh, uh, through Facebook ads. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we crushed it. Um, and, uh, but it was hard, man. Like the first two years that I started Guitargate, I lost money. And we actually spent all the money that my wife and I had been saving for our young family to buy a house to start the business, film the first course, build a custom website. Again, this is 2013. It was expensive and no one knew what to do. Um, YouTube wasn't even an ad platform yet. Um, uh, there were no sponsored videos. It wasn't a thing. Um, anyhow, and so I lost all that money for two years. And we had to move like two or three times in like an 18 month period, if I remember, once we even had our second kid. Oh um, and uh, I had to still play 110, 120 gigs a year, still teaching 50, 60 students a week, doing kids rock band coaching and running a business night and weekends, was a young dad, didn't sleep. Um, and, and like I said, across the river, burned the boats. And eventually, once Facebook ads came out, I was like, okay, I'm a smart guy. It's just math. I can figure this shit out. And I did. Um, and, um, but so again, this all goes back to around 2019. I was kind of burnt out. I was over it because doing that thing is unsustainable because doing the marketing and chasing the money uh, isn't why I do this. Right. So, so, so I kind of fell out of love with it and kind of like, you know, Again, paying bills wasn't an issue. I had figured out. I had my Facebook ads, you know, right as the rain. You know, I had tons of products and whatever. But I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my potential. I, I didn't feel like, like uh, I was doing, like making a dent, even though I, I really appreciated the tremendous feedback from students around the world. I didn't feel like I was becoming a better me and really... I felt like I was phoning it in at the last year or so, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really, I really got to a point where it was, it was creatively not sustaining me. Mm -hmm. and that's when I put the guitar down a few months later, that's when I found the dead. And then that's when I started the YouTube channel. And so from right then and there, I said, you know what, from here on out, uh, we're not, we're not pumping the ads. We're not doing it for the money. Uh, we are, we are, we are doing this for the fulfillment of potential and for the and for the and to do something that I can sustain for thirty years and not just worry about, you know, how to feed my kids anymore. And that's how that's my viewpoint of everything that I do now. Is that is that I've I've found an organic. Um, thing that works because it's all me. Um, I don't do any sponsored content. I don't get paid. Even though you see PRSs in most every video, I don't take any money from them. Um, 
I don't do any pay to play. I don't, it is, it is, yeah. it is, I, I'm tr trying, like I said before, to get a little bit better every day, have this be something I do for the rest of my life, share the journey in real time with all the imperfection that goes along with it. And, and when I feel confident that I've learned something new and I feel confident sharing it, I'll put a new course out once or twice a year and that's how I'll pay for things. And honestly, dude, it's not more complicated than that. And I, and I want to play live again. I want, to, I want to get back on stage. I want to connect with people like you. I want to feel that thing again. And I just like, I don't know. I'm grateful. Like, like the internet and the audience like gave me a new rebirth. It's happened two or three times in my life where I, where I was like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. and, I just, and it just like, it gave me this incredible push to just like, no, you were meant to do this. You're good enough to do this. You're worthy of the effort. Um, do it. And, uh, and that's how I feel, man. Anyone I've talked to or spoken to rather <clears throat> that has achieved success in music, and it's also people who have achieved success in other domains of expertise, they've several times um, have came into an interaction with a friction so strong that it questions their, their very endeavor in the field itself. Do I really want to do this? And most notably music most of the time. And the thing is, is a lot of the time people say, no, I don't want to do this. And then they stop doing it, you yeah. know? And it's like, um, there's a, there's this famous story of called dry hole Stanley, where essentially it was this guy who was trying to, uh, dig for all these oil holes and, and try to find all this oil. And he was doing it for, you know, years and years and had no luck and no one would ever contract him out to go find oil for him. And so he was just, he was a fucking loser. Like, and he was all kind of just out down and out and he hated himself. And so he goes to this other town and he's just sitting on this, on this park bench. And he's like, I'm going to try to find oil here. And then he, and there's just this dude feeding squirrels on the park bench and he's talking to him and the guy asks him, you look down and out, you know, what's your story? And it turns out the guy's an investor, you know, so he's going to give him all the money he needs to go and dig for all these oil wells. And then, and, and, you know, we're going to split it 50-50. Finds the oil, right? Yeah. Finds the oil and, and then, you know, ends up winning again. And he ends up, and then he ends up going back to the places where he couldn't have found oil before. In a couple of the places, it turned out that he was just 10 feet or 100 feet away from finding the oil so he could have just kept digging and so the story of michael palmasano which is of so many great heroes that i admire is the story of keep on digging or keep on trucking or keep on whatever verb it is that you do is yeah. that you keep on picking you keep on doing it and then you eventually you will find um the thing that gets you going but it sounds like you were already finding success for like a decade before you were really actually finding success on YouTube. Would you say that the success that you found on five years, five years, yeah. the success you found on YouTube, I'm sure you make enough money from, from ads though. Now that where it's comparable to what you're doing on your course revenue. Uh, no, not even close. Um, the, 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 I support myself and my family for those that take the extra step and subscribe at my website um, to be a part of that community. That's guitargate.com. And it's a, it's a whole thing. It's got all my courses and it's a community based on video sharing. So people uh, um, actually upload themselves completing the lesson with different moderators that, uh, you know, they're there to encourage people. And so it's a whole thing that, that, that is how I make a living on YouTube. Believe it or not. Um, I 
there's two there's two main issues. One is the is the is the content copy ID issue, where I, like my friend Rick Beato, believe that if you don't actually play the music, if you don't actually have that context, you there's nothing to teach, right? Like not nothing, but it's like if someone comes into your room and is like, oh, I want to learn Althea, you don't make a quick track of you know B minor A E or whatever. You actually play Althea, you right. know. And 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 you have to. Yeah, so but yeah. when you do that, um, uh, you know, when you play copyrighted music, bands, artists, whatever, rights holders, can either block what you do, which happens a lot, or take ad revenue, or take the ad revenue, um, which happens most of the time. <laughs> and, and and there's also a thing where. The some of the owners, some of the uh, rights holders, put ads everywhere in the video. You know, so like nonstop, you'll see videos of of all of ours. But there's like ten ad breaks, man. And and so on a lot of my videos, if it gets a content ID claim from somebody who's going to take the money, I'll dispute it and not turn the ads on, just so I don't have breaks in my videos. Of course. Because it's consumer yeah. first, right? Right. Because if people want to support me or they want that they want to get involved, they can come to my website. That's literally my life's work. Um, I'm not. I'm not interested in having uh, ten ad breaks in a twenty-minute video. Um, because here's the thing, and, and this is another key component of of why YouTube works. For my lane, as opposed to a TikTok or Instagram or something else like that. Yeah, please share. Please share. So, you mentioned it before. The what you're what's really happening here is someone's giving you their attention. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it is all about attention. It's earballs. Yeah, ear <laughs> eyeballs and ears, right? <laughs> And, and people don't get to know you the way they need to get to know you to become a fan first or to ultimately become a student, in my case, learning or seeing 30-second clips of you. Nice. you know, the, average, the average view length on my videos is usually at least nine minutes long. And that is an unbelievably high number for people in our industry. Oh yeah. And that is the difference. Uh, legitimately, that is the difference in my world uh, for being an online educator between success and failure. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is it. Like the reason so many people choose to allow me the honor to be their teacher and pay for it uh, is because they feel like they know me because mm -hmm. I go deep, I go long, I share personal stories, and I talk about why I do something. Um, you share the why they of not knowing too, and you share the vulnerability yeah. of learning with them. And it's like, what's more relatable than the guy who's willing to roll his sleeves up with you and, and get in the shit and get it done with you? Like nothing. That is it. Exactly. So, so the depth is far more important than the width. Mm. So I know, I know people 
that are close friends of, of ours. People are huge, huge in the music world. Um, you know, millions of followers, Instagram, YouTube, okay. you name TikTok, et cetera, that don't have 10, they don't have 10% of the depth that I do for being 10% of the size that, that they are. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Like, what is stopping a bit of strings or a goose or someone from, from doing what you do? And it's like, I'm stopping them. They have to, honestly, Daniel, they, it just goes to show you how early it is. They can do it. They don't realize, they don't realize what's really happening. It's, if it wasn't for the pandemic, so many of these artists wouldn't know people like me. We wouldn't know each other like me, right? Because everybody was stuck home, forced to make and consume content and explore world for 18 months that they thought about, knew existed, but didn't realize. And so when people like you or Goose or Umphreys or whomever it is, um, speak to people like me, speak to people like Rick, like Tim, like Marty, like so many others, and get, get a little peek behind the veil, if you will, right. of, of, of what's actually going on. Uh, they're absolutely blown away. And they, and, and don't like, didn't understand um, the reach and the depth of what's happening here. You know, um, and like, honestly, it took the pandemic mm -hmm. to remove the stigma from online education um, and content creators. Like now, no one shakes a stick at having a subscription to a yoga teacher or a guitar instructor or whatever it is. Um, but it took the pandemic to make it like officially a widely adopted most households in a, in in you know that have internet uh, stream something uh, that they pay for that is meaningful to them. Um, so that just happened. It just happened. And so for so many of these bands, like this was the first real reality check where they were like, there is this whole other thing going on because we've all been wondering how we're going to make a living with our skill set in music in the area of no record labels. Right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you take the touring away from them too. And you're talking like the biggest bands in the world. Like I'm friends with, I'm friends with Phil X, right? He's got the Bon Jovi gig, right? Bon Jovi didn't go out. No one went out, you know, and that's the best hired gun gig you can have, right? No one went out. And, and, um, it just made it very, very, very clear. And it's starting, it's starting again, just beginning uh, to be accepted by people that I look up to and we look up to. You know, know what I mean? If you go on TikTok, you know, they are sharing how to play Wild Blue. Yeah. And he's like, and he's doing tracks where it's him playing daughters acoustic. And he goes, You jam over this now. And it's like, Right. So this is the start of it. This is the start of the, of everyone starting to lift the veil of the how to and share that within content. Listen, I don't care who you are, a band, uh, an artist, uh, uh, an educator. Right. Get in the game. This is wonderful time. <laughs> now, the question I have for you on that is 
Like it changed my life. Do it. Do it. Right. Is it a fair question to be like, well, if you get discovered as an educator, are you there for the first impression? Are you an educator to that, to that fan base? Right. So say you have a hundred videos of you playing live or original songs or things of that nature. Then you have one video, you know, say it gets, you know, 200,000, 300,000, 500,000 views, whatever. And it's you, you know, say, okay, so you learning how to play Slipknot, right? Or, and to help on the way. And do you, are you in, this is an opinion, of course, because there's no way to know. Do you think that, that you're categorized, therefore, as an, as an educator moving forward? Or is it bigger than that? Are you simply just a person? Which is what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the answer, obviously, is you're just a person. Um, the, the, you know, the real truth is, mm-hmm. and I think this is true outside of musicians, that people, people who make something that, isn't the, that wasn't there before, People that do things because they have to do them, uh, they generally um, look at everything they do as a stepping stone to the next thing they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Every, everything, everything is a platform to whatever they're going to do next and keep a lot of doors open. Um, in, the, in the music world, I mean, I famously remember hearing an interview with Prince where he said, if I never made another record again, I would be a teacher, you know? And I don't know, but I never heard that. Prince said that he, if, if he didn't do what he did, he's always wanted to be a teacher. And I think that mm. you're seeing people um, like Mayor. Um, Corey Wong. Yeah, Corey Wong. Um, Corey Wong's a great example. Great example. Uh, uh, get it and realize that you are you are motivating and inspiring people to pick this thing up keep it in their hands and to play right because it's good and and they love it and that can happen live it can happen on a studio record and it can and it can happen with an instrument right you get your Corey Wong signature fender you know and you get your PRS Silver Sky right <laughs> But that, but that more often than not, the person that encourages you and ultimately leads you down a path of music or what gear to get or that gets you from, you know, over a hump is your teacher. And if you can do that at scale with current technology, I would argue that's, that is one of the most profound ways to add depth to your fan base. So when you say depth and width, you're talking about engagement versus um, size, yeah. right? So say getting 5 million streams or views on a TikTok video of, of you going, she like wearing some Nikes, like all the kids are doing, like, like my 10 year old sister, like that's way different because that's wide, but it's not deep because they're not watching you for nine minutes and commenting and sharing and then going to your site and then loving you. Right. So depth versus width genius it's everything um and just think about it it's true in life it's true in life you know like like who like wouldn't you rather have oh yeah any people that that will ride or die with you forever that have your back that you don't even need to think about that you cannot see each other for five years and pick up right where you left off no judgment just pure joy as opposed to as opposed to 
you know, 300 people that just follow you around and take pictures and shit. <laughs> no, yeah, because but then some people are that vain where they they really do. Like in Nashville, there are guys that buy the blue check mark and they buy 10,000 fans and they get one comment on their video. And it's it really is that it is that but it's like, you know, fish doesn't even have a million Facebook fans and fish doesn't even have a million Spotify listeners. And that's insane. If you, if you think about the, the engagement and conversion that they have, you know, thinking purely in business metrics here, that's insane. Same with Goose. They don't even have 40,000 YouTube fans. And it's like, that's insane. They sell tens of thousands of tickets where they go. It's well, like, you know, and, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, well, Here's the thing, man. I, I just I can't stress this enough. Like just just how new it is, and how a lot of these bands, you know, if they realized the value of that digital attention, um, what they could do with it with that level of influence, man. Like it's just it's just crazy to me. Like I remember when, again, I had lots of success selling courses. Supported a whole family with online education. A sentence like very few people truly deeply do can say. Really? Yeah. And I remember watching these very large YouTubers that did sponsored content and didn't sell their own products, didn't make their own courses, even though they did educational things. And I was like, God, you just you don't even you don't even know the game. You know, <sighs> like you don't even realize how much positive impact you can have on these people how much revenue how much whatever it's like it's like even you guys are not seeing the forest you're just seeing the trees and then i look at these big bands and they look at it at or even small bands and they look at the internet as just another place to post a video not to cultivate deep rooted relationships that will sustain your career for decades because that's how i look at it with education you know I'm trying to find a 30 year solution, one real relationship at a time. I'm not doing the shotgun approach, right? And, and so I look at these big bands and, and, and when I talk to them, this is what I share if they're willing to hear it, is that you just, you don't, you don't realize what you're sitting on. Wow. If you would, if you would open your mind to what 2030 is going to look like. You know, and not look back about how can we get back to 1990. That never works, right? And so, it, what do you think that is? Music industry has always been slow adopters. Just true. What do you think 2030 looks like for uh, for a band like Goose or or someone like me or Billy Strings? I can tell you what, man. I can tell you what I I, I can tell you what the, the fuck I would do. Yeah, well, uh, and I and I'm going to do. Uh, if I can. Um, and the closest one that... Uh, is it Corey the, Long, that kind of thing? Corey's Sorry. on it. Yeah. Corey's on it. And, and I talk to Corey and his management, and we share a lot of things. Uh, Corey's on the pulse. Um, <laughs> but in my opinion, uh, having a digital community drive uh, in-person live shows like you see in fitness, is the so the fitness industry i model most of what i do after the fitness industry the music industry 
has been about four to five years behind the fitness industry when it comes to adoption of any technology, the subscription model, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'll give you some examples. Peloton, right? Comes with the bike, right? Comes with the subscription. You have to pay the subscription, you get the bike, and it's a whole community. When I first reached out to Paul Reed Smith, I said, Paul, guitarists need to come with a way to learn them. Here we are trying to figure out how to get so many people on here to buy lessons and buy guitars. Let's just put the two damn things together, right? Not there yet. Fender figured that out and they have a subscribers. Yeah. So, but it just goes to show you it's not widely adopted. And when you, and you have these other uh, fitness uh, uh, influencers or channels, if you will, um, who have a very, very large following, huge subscription bases. And what they do is when they go to town to town to town to have events, they invite their paying subscribers and they themselves book the venue. No promoters, no, no, no booking agents. They do the Joe Bonamassa model. Right. Rent the venue and they sell their own tickets or don't and just invite the paying subscribers that pay their 10 bucks a month in each of those towns. In my opinion, and what I would like to do, like a 10-year goal for me, is to leverage whatever I have into a large enough base um, where we can go to town to town. It's going to start with the barn or whatever, and bands should do this, where they then go and rent out the actual venue themselves, keep all the money, have complete and total engagement, but have have it so all of their fans, when they buy tickets or when they get live streams or whatever, they enter this community and it's that community that is kind of like the nucleus. Instead of record sales, it's that community. The record isn't the nucleus to drive the live shows. It's, 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 the, it's the actual community uh, that then drives it all. That, that would be my opinion. And that's what you see in fitness happening. And that, that's where I think it should go thing about fitness right is that it's how do i do that and the thing about music is that it's it's part how do i do that but it's also you know you can go to a show and not want to do that and still gain from that product or from that experience i don't know if like i would never go like watch some well it depends if it was like a, i don't know it, it, i wouldn't go to like a, a fitness show to like watch unless i was trying to do it right um big, big thing in the big thing in the yoga world like the biggest example would be uh, yoga with Adrian. Yoga with yeah. Okay, so yoga with Adrian, perfect example, right? It's you feel like you're in her home. She is exactly who she is. Dog, massive on YouTube, massive, massive paid subscriber base. Really, dude. Oh wow! Really? Wow. No idea. Um. Wow. Uh, and and when she has events, you know, they'll have they'll have like. Like, like arenas, sometimes stadiums filled, or like <laughs> Kayla, it's seen as from sweat, right? She'll fill stadiums with women coming with their yoga mats and do this giant in-group training, and they're all subscribers on the website or the app. That's, oh. that's the driver, man. So I'll give you a music example. Please. Mark Rebier. You know who Mark is? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Popped on YouTube and everywhere else. Super big, super big. Mark, yes, he's doing like Firefly and some festivals where he's on promotion. But on his tour, yeah. I'm going to see him at the Anthem in DC. 
That dude is booking the rooms, paying for the room. Right. No yeah. promoter, no booking agent, like yeah. booking the room, selling direct, completely driven by the depth of his community. Okay, man. I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's wild. So you're saying musicians should not be afraid or, or people who are in music do not be afraid to be pigeonholed. You know, don't just post your music video for your single. Post the breakdown. Run through each track. Maybe do a how-to video. Do reactions. If you're learning something. Maybe try to do that round. Those that you didn't keep because you fucked it up. Show it all. Show it all so therefore you can create depth because you are you and you've always been you and the record is just an extension of you. So what we're really seeing here is that you need to create a lot of things that are of you because it is you that people are subscribing to, not just the record. That's it. You are, the, you are for lack of a better word, the product. You being you is the reason it works, period. And you are lots of people. You're someone who, you know, you know, music is a part, but you're all these different things. I mean, it's why I share so much about my family or like, you know, when I had a flood in my house and everything got destroyed or like, you know, when you, uh, you know, the struggles we've had with so many different things in life that all those things share, you know, it makes people feel connected with you and it makes them feel like they can do what you can do maybe, or maybe that they'll believe in themselves for, you know, and, and give it another shot. And all of those things, you build that relationship and you come out with a new record. Maybe that one line means something to somebody that maybe didn't, wouldn't have before. Maybe, maybe, you know, someone finally hears that, you know, that solo that you've crafted on that record and they saw the process of what you changed from all the different takes. It's all of it, man. It's all of it. Wow. Um, that is my that is my that is my opinion. Um, That's imperfection, imperfection and intent work. Whoa! There we go. There it is. Yeah. Imperfection and intent work, man. That is. That's it. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Michael. Thanks, man. I enjoy talking about this stuff. I never get to. That's fucking insane. Why people aren't asking you these questions? I have no idea because you're popping. I mean, you inspire me on a on a daily basis. I'm visiting Guitargate just to just to kill time. Like literally, even if it's to learn or just to kill time, you know. And it's like, man, that is that is astounding. W one more question I have is: Do you have um, a, a a schedule or a routine that you abide by in terms of content creation? Because I have so many ideas. I have the podcast. I have touring. I have practice. I have writing. Like. I have no idea how to schedule these things. So I'm, I'm constantly feeling behind. And so, you know, and I've read books on, you know, getting things done by David Allen, who's someone I want to have on the podcast one day, who's a genius at, at scheduling. But, you know, do you have a, a way that you go about scheduling all these endeavors? Because you have a lot going on. Yeah, I have so much going on. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, man. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, just go. It, it, it's it, yeah. It's a it's a moving target. Um, you know, I work really hard. So there there is no work life balance. It's just choices and decisions, right? And you got to be an adult and own it, right? And so I chose, and and I've said this on most of the most of the times the subject comes up. 
I chose to build a life around my family instead of a family around my life. Like that, so that is my beacon. So I leave a lot of professional stuff on the table because I want to be home for my kids and I want to be attentive to them and give them my attention and be around. My dad never really was. Um, and so that is, and for my spouse, I try to like really plug in with Annie and not check my, sh my shit at night. You know what I mean? Um, and for the first time uh, in my online career, I do have my own workspace that is outside the home, which I um, has helped immensely uh, leave stuff there and then be home or then be with Annie or whatever. But as far as my day-to-day -day work schedule goes, you know, I shoot for Monday through Friday, like 10 to four ish, something like that. And I'm fortunate that I uh, have made thousands of videos and I've been doing it long enough and that I don't edit that I can be pretty prolific and be pretty fast. And, and I, one of my, one of my skills, I will absolutely say without any ego is that I can one take shit with the best of them. Like I, I can crank out, I can crank out five, five videos in one sitting and just be good for that week. Um, I just changed my shirt. You know, I don't ever do a second take. I just don't. What camera do you use? Sony AX7. Okay. Simple camera. Expensive, but simple. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even know how to use it. I don't do the different settings. I put everything on auto. Um, you get what you get. Yep. Yep. Don't do anything. Um, and that might change in the future. Now, when I do my paid courses, I hire a videographer because people are paying money and that needs to be right. I need multiple. Uh, answers. Yeah. Right. But for free YouTube stuff, no, we run and gun. Um, and uh, so now I'm at the point where, and we were alluding to this earlier, where all my inboxes are complete dumpster fires. And <laughs> I, 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 DMs don't get through, you know, emails don't get through, like nothing gets through hundreds and hundreds a day. And I obviously wake up every day. I work out. I try to do it before the kids wake up. Uh, and then I try to do my exercises uh, before the kids wake up, wake up, get them ready for school. If it's a school day, um, get them out of the door by nine, nine thirty or so. And then I, uh, and then, and then I go to the barn, right? And then once I'm there, usually the first two or three hours are all support emails from paying customers who have billing issues or, or something like that. Um, and those people, you know, I know I could outsource that if I wanted to, but those people really want to hear from me. Yeah that's, uh, yeah, that's the thing. So the vast majority of my day is spent engaging with students. Then, um, usually after lunchtime or so, if I don't have something like this, I will go and um, uh, I will go on the website and review student posted videos. And I don't get to all of them anymore. I used to. And I get as many as I can in, in that period of time, usually an hour or so, and, and answer questions on the website. But there are six other moderators that do that for me. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, it's thousands and thousands of people. Um, and then uh, at the end of my day, or at least the past two hours, that's when I make uh, the YouTube videos. Wow. And I do exactly what you see me do. 
I just lean over, I turn the camera on, I go on my website and see what students have requested. And I pick one, I pick one randomly and I do it live. And I do a screen recording of, uh, uh, of the whole screen, recording the audio and the video at one time with the guitar. Um, I usually do two to three at a time, change a shirt in between maybe if I remember. Um, and uh, then I go into Adobe, I take my, my one uh, camera track, my screen recording with audio, and then my actual uh, audio recording that gets my mic and my guitar. I highlight all of them, I hit synchronize, I trim the ends, and, and then it takes 30, 40 minutes to render, come back, upload it to YouTube, go home, make dinner for the kids, go to soccer, and that's what I do every day. Unreal. So simple, but also not, but like really simple, really. It has to be, and it's honestly, it's, it's, um, it's even hard to do that, man. Like it's, it's really, really hard. And so I, um, but I don't, so that example could be like Tuesday, then Wednesday, it all depends on, on how many YouTube videos I can get in that first stretch. I generally like to have them done by Monday or Tuesday so that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I can focus on, uh, actually practicing, figuring out, um, whatever I'm going to do for my weekly original lesson for the website. So every week I make an original thing where I play all the instruments and record it. And then as a student on the website, you get like the tracks, you can play over it. You can upload your performance. And I basically break down how I built this one little track. So I'll do like a reggae one, I'll do whatever. Um, and so that's like my creative outlet. And then, you know, again, I'm always working on something where I'm trying to uh, get a, get up for whatever course is coming next, um, align these podcasts, um, you know, do something like that. But yeah, most, most of the stuff you see on YouTube is done in one day in a week, one take. Wow. That's beautiful. That really, do you try to let a video not go over a certain time? Well, my, you'll appreciate how simple this is. My DSLR stops at 29 minutes. Got to get right. And, and whenever someone was a student, it was always, you know, most people were, were, you know, half hours. They weren't hour lessons. Oh. And so I have a very, and I've done thousands of them. So I have a very, very good internal clock of when it's been 30 minutes. I don't have a clock on my table. I don't wear a watch, but you'd be surprised how many of my videos you'll see where I lean over and turn the camera off and it's like right at 29 minutes. Or <laughs> 2920 like, like my, my internal clock is very good yeah um so that's my limit i you know don't always go that long sometimes it'll be under 10 it really depends on what the video is um or how deep i feel like getting um but no i uh i limit it because that's how long the camera is and i don't want to edit it so i'm worried about getting better and not just making a better video wow so getting better getting better at the process is more important to me than putting out this better one video. It's, it's, can I get continually better at one taking, expressing my thoughts, not rushing too clearly, being a good teacher, all those things, because that's what's going to sustain me against other people coming up uh, over the long term. Because everybody's going to get great at editing video. Everybody's going to get great at all these things and they're going to be great teachers, but but they can't be me. Right. Simple. All, all I worry about is being the best me as I can and playing to my strengths. And that's my deal. Yeah, man. I mean, that is, that is beautiful. Jeez. It's like, 
It's so simple, but it's uh, it's also uh, incredibly hard. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like that's, but isn't that like it's like Jiro dreams of sushi? You watch him make that nigiri, and it's like it looks simple, but try it yourself. Easier said than done. It's like, yeah, man, beautiful work, and you're just on it, and you're you're staying patient and persistent and positive the whole time, and it's it's really inspiring and to, to, to join the journey, man. And I love it. I'll be forever a subscriber. Oh, well, I appreciate it, man, and, and I just appreciate you, uh, all your kind words, and you're just a tremendous guitar player. I can't wait to actually get to trade a lick with you. I know. It was fun p picking for you down the other night in, on Broadway. Um, and you watched in the audience. It was like someone who really knows, you know, or, you know, knows how to play guitar. It's like, that's fun to play for people like that. I can't wait. I can't wait to do it some more. I don't want to do it as much as you do it or as much as I used to do it. But <laughs> I want to. <laughs> well, thank you for the time, Michael. And, um, I'll make sure we link to everything that we talked about today, the, the website and any new courses you have coming up here in the, in the link below. Love it. And I'll be sure to share it everywhere. And, uh, I really appreciate you again letting me reschedule, and it's just a, it's a, it's a treat to know you and to have you invite me. I, I uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you, my friend, with uh, with imperfection and intent. Uh, safe journeys. That's all right. Cheers, brother. A truly cosmic conversation with Michael Palmazano, the one and only Guitar Gate, a splendid teacher, a stellar content creator, a brilliant musician and a magnificent person to call my friend. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on here. I cannot wait to get a Cosmic Country reaction video one day when the time is right. There's no need to force anything. Um, thank you, most importantly, the listener, for giving the, us the platform uh, to talk and to have these, these, these conversations. I hope this was of value to you, and I hope it was inspiring. Um, Again, if, if you're feeling stressed, anxious, depressed, you're not sleeping well, you have problems with your relationships, grief, self-esteem, anger, family conflicts, betterhelp.com slash lost highway. Betterhelp.com slash lost highway. 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp. I want to also thank Osiris Media, the home of the Lost Highway because this road needs a place to go. And I'd also like to thank our friends over at Topo Chico for sponsoring us and keeping us hydrated as we travel down this highway at over a thousand miles an hour on the strange planet that we call Earth. And may I just remind you that certain muses come and visit us in this realm of space and time that are known as songs. And this comes from the words of the wise Robert Hunter. A song cannot emerge in any time but its own, the time it helps create. A tune contains its unique place in eternity, just as a specific time contains the tune, allowing the past to sketch the outlines of the future. Jesus. It can take a lifetime to grasp that, or an instant, whichever is longer. Oh my God. Don't rush anything. Stay calm. Stay persistent. Stay patient. Stay positive. Keep it cosmic and come see us on tour before this year is over. And if you can't come see us on tour before the year is over, Listen to the new album, Cosmic Country and Western Songs, because that is the next best thing. Thank you guys so much, and I'll see you all next time. Osiris.